and welcome to the short stuff. I'm Josh and there's Chuck and this is short stuff. And we are talking at long last about a topic that has been on my list for short stuff since basically the first time we came up with short stuffs, which is pink plastic lawn flamingos. One of the all time great pieces of yard art anyone's ever come up with. Do you own them? No, I'm not mean. Okay. You're not mean? Oh, you'll you'll see. I'll, I'll describe why I think owning a pink flamingo is kind of mean. Oh, interesting. All right. Okay. You're going to do that after the break? Is that going to be a setup for a teaser? Yeah, maybe that will be a setup. Let's tell them first about the origin of these things. Everybody knows what we're talking about, right? Like the plastic pink flamingos that people had on their lawns, especially in the 50s and maybe the 60s. Um, nowadays, they're super kitschy and campy. Um, but plastic lawn flamingos, right? That's right. They were created by a man named Don Featherstone, mm -hmm. who was a sculptor who was hired by Union Products from uh, Leo Minster Mass, or however they pronounce it there. <laughs> I'm sure there's some strange pronunciation for that. Right. And they are the cap uh, plastics capital of the world, and he created the very first one as his second work assignment in 1957. Yeah, Union, Union Products had 2D um, flamingos, and they also had ducks. And his first assignment was to turn the ducks from 2D into 3D. And the ducks were the long, long time biggest seller. It was called duck and ducklings. And people would put plastic ducks like on their yard as if they were just hanging out in their grass. Yeah. So Featherstone created the flamingos. They cost uh, about 276 for two of them. Because you got to sell them in pairs. I think they're still sold in pairs. Yeah, you got to have a little buddy. You don't just have one. And that's, by the way, that's about twenty five fifty today. Yeah, so it's a pretty good deal today because they're what, like fifteen or sixteen bucks now. Yeah, yeah. So uh, apparently they came about because this was the beginnings of sort of the cookie cutter subdivision mm -hmm. revolution, and you know if you wanted to put something in your yard to make yourself stand out from your neighbor, a pink flamingo was a fine way to do so. Yeah, and the pink flamingo was um, was chosen to be like the second one because the, the pink and everything Caribbean was super in, like tiki culture was kind of big around that time. And it was a smash hit. Like people started buying them by the boatloads um, the moment they hit the market. It just was perfectly timed. It was exactly what everybody was looking for. And they were still, you know, 25 bucks isn't, you know, free, but they were they were affordable. Basically, everybody could afford them. And so they became this kind of emblem of suburban working class culture. Like that was a, a certain group of people prized pink flamingo lawn ornaments and put them on their yards non-ironically. That's very important. Right, which is uh, a very big reason why in the 1960s, uh, there was a backlash against them, like so many things in the 1950s that mom and dad loved. Mm -hmm. uh, the 60s came along and the hippie said, I'm done with that. Screw your conformity. I'm not going to play your games. I'm counterculture, baby. And those <laughs> lawn gnomes and uh, flamingos are terrible. Get them out of here. Yeah. But then, of course, the 70s roll back around and they're like, hey, man, who cares? Those things are cool. Let's bring them back. But the reason that they were cool and the whole reason they came back you can make a really strong case is because of a single american director out of baltimore maryland named john waters that he right. is basically single-handedly responsible for bringing back 
the pink flamingo. But the key difference is that when he brought the pink flamingo back, he brought it back and ran it through a completely different paradigm so that it came out the other end totally schlocky, totally campy, and lost every bit of earnestness and was completely saddled with irony from that point on because he created a a movie in 1972 known around the world as one of the most offensive movies ever made that he called Pink Flamingos. That's right. And uh, I guess before we take that break to find out why they're mean, (laughs) why you feel they're mean, uh, we should mention that uh, John Waters, who I just called Roger Waters and did a retake, (laughs) I feel like I should point out, uh, gay icon in the USA. Mm-hmm. And so as a result, gay bars started using pink flamingos as mascots. Mm-hmm. And you could find uh, at drag shows, you could find them on uh, earrings of performers yep. and on their high heels. Uh, and then, you know, it kind of became sort of this uh, a symbol for, for gay America in the 70s in the United States. High, high, high camp. High camp. All right, let's take a break. We will take that break. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. All right, we're going to follow up with a little bit more right after this. If you want to know, then you're in luck. Just listen up to Josh and Chuck. Stuff you should know. Okay, so when when John Waters like breathed a second life into pink flamingos, pink lawn flamingo ornaments, um, when they came back, they were they were brought back, like you said, uh, in the gay community, big time. But then they also kind of spread out further and further into um, the larger community in America. Uh, and became kind of part and parcel with um, pranksterism. Like they were, they were frequently put on people's lawns prank, basically like what person could possibly want lawn, pink lawn flamingos, right? So if we put them on somebody's lawn, it's a hysterical prank. Um, but also in, in some way, and I think a lot of people didn't realize that they were necessarily doing this, but it was part of the whole second life of it, was mocking the people who originally enjoyed pink lawn flamingos earnestly and mocking their taste. And that is why I think pink flamingos are kind of mean these days. Oh, so you think if you put a fling- flamingo up, it's uh, sort of a hipster, ironic, mm-hmm. making fun of it kind of thing? Yeah. So do you remember, you know how mom jeans are back? Sure. I could not find this article. I searched all over for it. But I read this article, which is basically an account of somebody in the fashion industry who was there when mom jeans were brought back. And they were brought back in this really mean-spirited way among, like, little 20-something waif models who basically wanted to rub it in the faces of moms um, how good they looked even in their frumpy mom jeans. And that's Hmm. how mom jeans came back. That, to me, is basically the same principle behind bringing back the pink flamingos. It's, 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 the way that John Waters put it is that they become loaded objects, classist tools of the well-to-do, mocking the taste of the less fortunate. And that he says that the real plastic flamingo is, in a sense, extinct. You can't have anything that innocent anymore. 
I get so it. I realize I'm being a little high-blown and highfalutin about this whole thing, but <laughs> I just found it really fascinating, that the idea that it is it has this certain level of mockery, that you're mocking the taste of people who ever thought it, they, those things were neat and enjoyed them on their, you know, at face value. Sure. And I think both of us are kind of anti-ironic, uh, you know, flaunting ironically. Yeah. At the same time, though, sometimes we just, just got to mellow out. Well, that's true, too. I mean, we're not upset about this or anything, right? Uh, Are you mad? No. no, Okay. I'm just kidding. It's all good. Uh, So a few more things about the Flamingos, though. A couple of neat things. Uh, In 1979, if you are familiar with Madison, Wisconsin, and the university there, they planted over a 1,000 of these in the grass of uh, in front of the dean's office. And then many years later... I think they paid homage to that Ooh, uh, in nice. 2009 in honor of this prank, and the city town council named the Pink Flamingo the official bird of Madison. That's right. So the 70s were huge for the Pink Flamingo, but the 80s were even huger. For the first time ever in the history of Union Products, I think in 1985, 6 or 7, the Pink Flamingo outsold the duck with ducklings. Um, mm. Law and ornament, and some people say, well, it was just it was the 30th anniversary of the Pink Flamingo, so it was getting more press, and it had this revival. Other people say, no, 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 it had nothing to do with the 30th anniversary. <clears throat> it was the popularity of Miami Vice that brought oh. Pink Flamingos back. But again, brought them back in this way that like people weren't really enjoying them at face value. There was something kind of campy or funny about having the Pink Flamingo in the front yard. Well, here at our zoo in Atlanta, the, one of the very first things that you see when you walk in mm-hmm. are the flamingos standing there on one leg. And I think we should do a full episode on flamingos at some point. Sure. Because they're really neat. And uh, my daughter was so taken with them, we ended up getting her a large flamingo painting mm-hmm. for her bedroom nice. uh, that was like 20 bucks at a flea market. And she's enjoying it earnestly, isn't she? No, she loves it. That's great. So then all of you people (laughs) who are mocking it, who are mocking Pink Flamingos, you're mocking Chuck's daughter directly. (laughs) That's right. Just think about that. Uh, And there's this other cool thing that I hadn't heard of. Um, It's sort of like a chain letter that gets passed around. So here's how it works. What you do is you're trying to raise money for a charity and have a little fun while you're doing it. So at night, instead of like TPing somebody's yard, you will set up flamingos in the yard of a house Mm -hmm. or a business. Mm -hmm. And there's a sign that says, this flock has been placed here for this charity. uh, And a dollar, we'll come pick these things up for a dollar a piece that goes to this charity. And then that gets passed on to another yard, like a chain letter. Right, which is funny. Like, I got to shout out Smithsonian Mental Floss and Thought Co. for helping us out with this. But I think in the Mental Floss article, the author is clearly much younger than us because they say, like, old school chain letters from the early 2000s. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, no, they go back a lot further than that. I just thought that was very funny. Yeah, and I think the person, like, if someone put them in my yard, put, like, 100 flamingos for a charity— I would say, all right, I'll pay the hundred bucks, and then now I get to pick, and I would send them straight to your house, of course. Sure, like an uh, old school I, I chain get, letter from the two yeah. thousands. <laughs> I get to pick the next house, and so on and so on. Yeah, um, there's there so they're clearly still around. You can still get them today, and I guess from what I read, they still make about a thousand of them a day, and use two hundred and seventy million pounds of plastic to make pink plastic 
lawn flamingos in the United States. Hmm. Well, boo to that, but yay to the flamingos. There's also one last little tidbit, Chuck. There's a rumor, an urban legend, who knows, that if you see somebody with a plastic pink lawn flamingo in their front yard, it's a signal that they are swingers. Right. But I think it's a good time to remember not everyone with a pineapple on their grocery cart is looking to hook up. Hmm? And not every flamingo in the front yard means you're a swinger. I hadn't heard the pineapple one. What yeah, if somebody has a pineapple and a flamingo in their front yard? Oh, well, it's on like Donkey Kong. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> or a big, a big fishbowl with a few keys in there. <laughs> that's right. Uh, well, that's it for short stuff, right? That's right. Okay, well, then that means short stuff is out. Stuff You Should Know is a production of iHeartRadio's How Stuff Works. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.